0: Life and Leadership with Bobby Kerr,
1: a News Talk original.
0: Brought to you by Amundi, an asset manager working today for all our tomorrows. Hello there and welcome to Life and Leadership with me, Bobby Kerr. My guest for this episode opened a fast food restaurant in Galway back in the 70s. Today he has over 100 restaurants around the country, along with hotels, and motorway plazas. He's never one to shy away from speaking his mind and it's often gotten him into some trouble. I travelled to the Galway Plaza to chat with Supermax owner Pat McDonough and talk life and leadership. So Pat we're here in, in Kiltola and uh, this is around the area where you grew up. Can you tell us about growing up in this area what it means to you and maybe a little bit about your early life.
1: Yeah, well, we're in Kiltola, or the Galdon Plaza uh, at the moment. I grew up only about, uh, you know, 10 minutes away from here. Um, my mother was a teacher and my father was a member of the of Shikana, so we're kind of came from a civil service background. I went to the local schools, uh, the national school. Where my mother was, Loon, is that right? Loon, yeah, yeah, where my mother was, was teaching. And then I went to a secondary school, which was right across the road from the house, from my own house, which was uh, run by the nuns. Uh, I went there for a year and then the results necess- necessitated serious action. So I got sent off to the Carmelite College in Moat uh, and spent the rest of my secondary education there. So, yeah, it was enjoyable, as I say, and, uh, I, as, 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 uh, as a youngster, I played a lot of hurling initially. But then when I went to Moat, it, uh, it was all football college, so I changed to football there. And uh, that's how I got the name, as you're probably aware, that uh, I, w- I was handy enough at of the football, and uh, there was a guy called Malcolm Macdonald, who played for Newcastle United, Arsenal, and indeed uh, England. And his name was Supermac. So after one of the better games that I had, uh, one of the lads on the sideline, christened me Supermax. So that's how it stuck Great. and, and, and uh, held there.
0: And your relationship with teaching there, you said your mother was a teacher, you, you yourself... Uh, trained in, in Mary I, I believe it was, uh, in teaching, you almost, we almost lost you to teaching. Uh, can you tell us what, where was the fork in the road uh, that where you decided, I'm not going to be a teacher, I'm going to work for myself and maybe uh, be an entrepreneur or developing something uh, other than teaching?
1: I wasn't obviously the brightest that I got sent off to Moat <laughs> and uh, my other sisters and brother were, were much brighter than I was and sailed through uh, college etc without any difficulty. Um, so I had to work that bit harder uh, to get to where I want and and uh, I suppose I had to prove a point to myself and to, 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 to probably others as well that I could do whatever it is. Uh, that I wanted to. But I always had the kind of the interest in doing something yeah. for myself. And, you know, you'll, as I say, you learned and I was manager of, of a bar in, 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 in Butlin's holiday camp at the time. And then I, I worked as a valet in, on the ship off America. And um, Born and Wonders was just basic uh, foot and turf, et cetera, which was tough work. Yeah. But work hard work is what is the ingredient for a lot of success. Yeah. And at the end of the day, unless people are prepared to work hard, or unless you're prepared to work hard you needn't expect to reap the benefits from it
0: Totally agree Tell me about the first shop uh, in 1978 in Ballinasloe Was that going to be a pool hall? Was that your original vision uh, for your Um, life and business?
1: Well one of the good things about teaching Bobby is that you have good holiday time and time off Uh, probably teachers wouldn't (laughs) like me to to hear me say that nowadays but that was the reality of that time anyways different situation now I I wouldn't uh, uh, I don't envy teachers now they have a much tougher job than I had back in the local school in Kilricle which is only 10 minutes away from here as well and there were only two teachers in it so I was the principal right. so I was the principal starting off uh, but that's easy when you've <laughs> only two teachers and the other teacher doesn't want. someone has to be in charge <laughs> Pat. someone has to be in charge but I enjoyed it for the five years and um obviously with with time off it's you had other things you could do and I I place pool tables in pubs and leisure centers and all that all, all over the country. And I worked with uh, a guy called Finton Quinn, who happened to be a brother of Pat Quinn, God rest him, uh, of, of Quinn's work back okay. in the day. Again, well, I, I, I bought out the business, I think, from him, and he supplied us with, with the pool tables, et cetera, So I got into that business on a part-time basis. And with that, you're always progressing. There's no such thing as standing still in business. You're either going forward or backwards. So I... Bought this premises in Bennislow, uh and that's another interesting story because I hadn't the money to bought, buy it but I bought it. I had a little bit of money saved and I thought I had a very good relation with the bank manager to be told that he wasn't going to give me the loan after I bought it. So I, I, I didn't want to lose the deposit so I just went across the street to another bank and, and they duly uh, backed me up. So anyway... Um, Yeah, I I opened it as a pool hall first. Uh, Sometimes you're naive enough kind of thing. And at that stage, I didn't know an awful lot about planning permissions or all that. And just opened it It as a former supermarket. And uh, sure, of course, I hadn't planning permission. So within a couple of weeks, I was getting letters from the local council to close it down, etc. So at any rate, um, I had to then look and see, well, what else did Benislaw need at the time? So it was either going to be a nightclub a furniture shop or a fast food restaurant. And back in 1977, I think the, the, the fast food restaurant was uh, the general, the international operators were beginning to come into Ireland. So I said, this could be a good option. Um, I hadn't got enough money for the nightclub anyway. So that was never going to take off. And there were a few other furniture shops in Pendisloe. So I said, we'll give this a crack. And, you know, sometimes, Bobby, you're better off not to know.
0: Yeah
1: what you're facing into yeah, I, then know it because the fear of failure will always kind of uh, try and uh, it'll try and put you off so not knowing an awful lot about fast food or about anything in that line I, we heard the local a local chef Michael Carroll from Hayden's Hotel there in Benesloe and he um, gave us all we needed to know uh taught us all we needed to know really about basic uh, uh, cooking of burgers and chips etc and um you know so we 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 got into it and i remember i was working on a very tight budget so i had anyone that owed me a favor for the previous 10 years was brought in to help and i had uh, I had a brother and sisters and my friend yeah. Jerry Gunkanon came in and he's still with us, actually. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's how it started off. And, you know, we made plenty of mistakes starting off, but we, we got over them.
0: And it's interesting as well, in, in those early days, you look back at them now with fondness, but, you know, your, your, your risk appetite is massive. Uh, you're able to turn on a sixpence in terms of direction. You know, if something is is wrong... You just oh, fix
1: it. You have no choice.
0: You're very close to the business as well because you're doing everything yourself.
1: You are. And and, um, and, and that's a good thing because yeah. the people that are working with you, and even to this day it's a good thing because the people that are working with you um, know that you'll do the dirty jobs the same as they yeah. They have to do it. And that's part of it. But as I say, starting off, we, we, we made plenty of mistakes. And, and um, we had a couple of very interesting, um, I suppose, experiences the first year. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the famous Bendigo Fair, horse fair. It's a tradition that's gone hundreds of years. And uh, Napoleon bought his horses there. The kings of uh, uh, various countries, the, the, the even Russians sent over their generals to buy horses at Bendigo because it had a tradition for being a, a very good fair, and it was. And um, and it still is, uh, uh, but it's a different obviously format now, totally. But at any rate, everybody told us this was going to be the biggest event, and we knew that anyway because it had uh, it had a reputation uh, of of being a big event. So um, anyway, got in extra staff, extra equipment, extra supplies, and etc. And the night before the fair, you know, generally the crowd from further afield are are, are, are uh, arriving in Bannisloe, Uh And some from the elite side of things and some from the not so elite side. So, anyway, at about after the pubs, at about half 11 or 12 o'clock, the place was humming. It was packed. And uh, next thing is, bang, everything goes into darkness. Yours truly was the only one there. And I said, uh, we have to make these bank payments, we're a bit behind behind the scene. <laughs> so uh, i not knowing an awful lot, I, I, I knew what a phase tester was and, and, and that type of thing, but not knowing an awful lot about electricity or three phase electricity, especially. Uh, I, and again, of course, at the time, your fuse board was at the most difficult part of the shop. You had to get up a ladder to try and get to it and um, realize that the main one of the main fuses was gone. And Murphy's Law, we hadn't got on. So anyway, took out the cigarette paper, wrapped it around the thing there's a special little gadget for taking out this fuse of course I hadn't got the gadget so the pliers had to come in instead I plucked it out of the pliers and it was a big bulky thing about four inches long and, and, and uh, two prongs out at the end of it so anyway shoved it back in sparks flying everywhere nobody ever told me turn off the main switch before you had the main power supply before you put it in and anyway got going Uh until the same thing happened about a half an hour later. And the crowd were kind of uh, <coughs> not willing to uh, to wait too long. Anyway, this time I did the same thing. But this time I got the tinfoil paper and wrapped it around plenty of it and uh, stuck it back in again, sparks flying and got going again. Um, the only was a bit, the only one that was a bit concerned at the time, I think, was Oona because we weren't married and uh, she didn't know whether I had insurance or not. <laughs> So anyway I'm only joking on it, only joking. Anyway, uh, um got going again until about three o'clock and the next thing the whole street went. So I never told the ESP really what happened. But anyway, I played them plenty of money in the meantime so they're well compensated. Well do you know what? That's and that's a great example
0: and again you laugh at these things now, but that's that's kind of you know Doing what you have to do to survive, so yeah, you're, you're willing to get electrocuted oh, and yeah. everything else <laughs> just to keep the lights on and to keep the the tills open. Your your style of leadership from those days has it changed much?
1: Well, I suppose it has really, you know, because you were on the ground all day, every day. I mean, yeah. the first year in business, I think had about two days off, uh, and one of those was was Christmas Day, and and um, uh, you know so you're working with the team the whole time and um uh you're learning and they and, and it was camaraderie there was a great atmosphere because you know uh a lot of them were young people some of them students but i was a bit younger at the time too when you kind of understood them better and and whatever you know yeah and um, so yeah, it was. But also, it,
0: if you want to grow a business, you you
1: know you do need to change your style, and that you can't be at every dog. Fight. No, 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 no. And you, you need to trust others. No, and and um, you yeah, you have to develop. You have to kind of um, employ people that you can trust and that you know will carry out the the, the, the job the same way as you want to. And then obviously we have franchisees as well that are, are very important to the business, and they, they do a good job and and um, you know promote the brand and and satisfy the customer really that's what it's all about it's 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 simple enough there's nothing kind of uh too difficult to it but sometimes obvious, obviously from time to time you know you, you don't always get it right and and uh, that's part of the business as well because there's no such thing as 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 a hundred percent success in any business yeah. you're always going to have a challenge from time to time and you know whether it's insurance or whether it's planning or whether it's whatever else um then those are the things you have to deal with as you go along
0: You know, it's essentially a family business, but just to talk about family for a second and Una's role in the business, how important is it you know to marry the right person in <laughs> relation to uh, because I, I, you know, a lot of people get this wrong.
1: I better be careful what yeah. I say here, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, Una, no, but doesn't, but Una doesn't like me saying this, you know. Well, let's but hear you it. know, how, how I met him, Una. She was hitching to Bell Slow after doing her leave search or something, and uh, I gave her a lift in from school when we opened up early on, and um, uh, I, uh, she was looking for a summer job so. I gave her, I offered her a summer job and she got a job for life. <laughs> <laughs> she
0: certainly did, but, but on a more serious point, Pat, uh, the fact that Una has been there from the very start, she understands the commitment to the business, she, I presume, lives and breeds the business just like you do all over the years, yeah. so, so it, it does become a form of partnership regardless of who's working in the business.
1: Oh absolutely and it's great to have someone you can bounce something off and probably only would be a better manager than, than than I am a better people manager I would be kind of more let's keep it moving let's get let the job done you know or whatever and um uh you, you know uh, whereas Oona would have a lot more kind of um uh, personal uh, kind of uh, attention to the to the both the the the, the employees etc and uh, the customers probably as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's a good kind of relationship because sometimes, you know, uh, as I say, you're, you, you go through a rough day and things don't go your way and whatever, but it's good to have someone to be able to, to chat to it at the end of the day and you get a second opinion. And that's, that's really important.
0: Um, can I ask you about your, your risk appetite? Uh, again, in the early days, you've been a great man to take opportunity when it presented itself. Be it getting into hotels or even this business, the plazas, where you saw opportunity, you saw value. But does your does your risk appetite diminish in any way as you get a bit older?
1: I suppose you 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 take probably you become more cautious because uh, and 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 calculating if you want to put it that way. But you know, uh, risk is, is is part of business. It's what what you know business is at the end of the day. But you have to take a calculator risk and and weigh up the factors etc sometimes uh you, you know you, you you're and you, you see an opportunity and maybe you can take it for various reasons you're just too busy doing something else and um, but i've been looking often so far as you know you have to keep progressing in, in whatever you're doing yeah. and whether that's you know in a in a in a whatever a government job or whether it's in a manufacturing job or whether it's you have to keep progressing you have to keep moving forward uh, because the minutes or even in sports teams you know you have to improve from year to year to attain the results you have to get to uh, and you know it demands a lot of uh, self-sacrifice it demands a lot of commitment and, and an awful lot of willpower yeah. So it's taking the opportunity, and business doesn't stand still either. You know, it's taking the opportunity that presents itself and moving with the times as well. If we stayed the same way as we were back in Banaslow with microwave burgers, you know, 45 years ago, uh, you wouldn't be surviving now. Sure. And um, so you have to move with the times and you have to uh, progress and, and, and give the customer really what they want and be try and be ahead of the curve rather than... than Waiting for the curve to, 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 to happen.
0: But if I had asked you the same question twenty years ago, would you have seen yourself in the hotel business?
1: No. Or in the in, not Plaza in, business not or in the the motorway
0: services businesses?
1: No. Um no it's, it's it's a lot of it is, you know, uh, opportunity that that arises along the way. And really how I got into the hotel business is I was looking to try and get a, a drive through restaurant um near the university in limerick because um we needed to to have an outlet there and i had met a lovely lady who had a nice piece, piece of land beside the, the the university and um lovely lady and i met her about 10 times Let's say in the in the uh, castle troy park hotel but i had been in the hotel so many times that i knew the hotel and i knew the potential of it uh, and it was right opposite the university so i knew that that's the that this was a good location and consequently when it came up and when we were offered it to 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 to, were we interested in it i said yes and that was
0: and you didn't pay too much for us
1: no we we i think it was whatever it was 4.5 million or something at the time which was good value um, and but, but
0: also it needs to be said that no one else was buying hotels at that time. In other words, it was no. so yeah, while you saw the value, you also saw the opportunity and you were brave enough to do it uh, when others wouldn't.
1: Yeah, well, it was in the middle of the recession. So money was was difficult to get and whatever. So and, and hotels had kind of hit a rock bottom because um, uh, just the whole the whole recession has hit, hit everything hit the whole property market so uh, as i say it's it, it was good value but then there was a lot of money to was spent on it as well because um it hadn't been renovated in the previous probably 20 years or so yeah yeah
0: uh, very interesting pat, pat you've been a great voice uh for business and your honesty uh and you know your ability to speak your mind Uh, has has
1: got me into trouble. Go on, yes.
0: (laughs) Well, but but let's look at a couple of things. Uh, if we talk about your your crusade and and I call it a crusade because I absolutely believe uh, you know, your integrity around uh, insurance and fraudulent claims and, you know, the enemy to business and all that stuff that, that that insurance business yeah, You were somebody who spoke out, you were somebody who put in maybe cameras, maybe, maybe maybe, not always where you should have put them, but you put them in anyway. But you, you took a stand against an establishment, uh, a status quo on the basis that you just morally, as well as everything else, uh, felt that business was being wronged uh, by fraudulent insurance claims.
1: Look, insurance is an industry. And there are people who benefit from it greatly. And uh, there are people who are in a lot of powerful positions across the whole strata of insurance. And then you have insurance companies who, for whatever reason, but I I understand some of the reasons, that they settle claims rather quickly. And uh, so 92% of claims that go to the courts are settled before they go into court. Yeah. Now that tells you something that either the courts are something you can't trust for insurance or the costs are so high that the, insurance, uh, that the insurance companies say, we and they look at the claim basically on a cost analysis basis. So they say, if we go into court, it's gonna cost us X, Y, and Z. So it might cost whatever, 40, 50, 60, 100,000. Depends on the claim. Whereas if we settle it for smaller money outside, give the claimant whatever, five or 10,000 and away they go. But that encourages claims. But you have to look and see who are the more who, who benefits most from insurance. And look, I've been in, not very many people probably, luckily for them, has ever to be in court uh, for too many claims in the course of their lives. But I've been in it in quite a while. And I suppose one of the things that I've learned is, is to say that, first of all, it's a club that's operating. And, you know, it's for the, the most ones that benefit, I'll, I'll be honest with you, are the legal profession, followed to a degree by the medical engineer. And obviously the claimants is there as well. And then the, you have other parties as well, the insurance companies as well. And the insurance company knows that if they settle the claim, they can claim it back from the insured party over the next five years or 10 years or whatever. So they're not really at a loss. It's affecting the business at the end of the day. Well,
0: can I also ask you then, at the end of the day, if I'm a business owner and somebody you know, bogusly uh, either slips on a floor or, or has a bogus claim against me, and then I go to pay my, uh, the insurance company, go on, they settle that, they don't tell me about it, but yet my premium then doubles the next year or I can't get insurance. Mm-hmm. So, is is that is that a wrong? Do you feel around business that you've no control over? You know how people are are yeah. are 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 behaving in your premises.
1: Well, I think that depends with the uh, relationship you have with your broker. So you have to tell them uh, when you sign up with them or whatever that. You want to be notified of any claim And if there is a claim You want to be notified of how it's progressing uh, um, from, from month to month Or every three months Or whatever the case may be
0: Life and leadership with Bobby Kerr
1: A News Talk Original
0: Brought to you by Amundi An asset manager working today For all our tomorrows Let's stay with uh, your outspoken nature uh, Just for one more minute And then we'll move on during the pandemic, Pat, you uh, you had some comments around uh, people say getting lucky uh, around the PUP payments, um, and you got quite a bit of stick about it. I would say to you that maybe you said something that a lot of people were thinking. Um, and because uh, if, if a part-time staff member was working uh, five or six hours a week, they were automatically entitled to. I forget the figure now, was it?
1: 350 euro. 350
0: yeah. euro. And so you 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 said that you felt people uh, were maybe getting a, bit, a touch lazy by the results of this initiative by the government. Um, and you got a lot of stick about it. But, you know, you said what you thought. You said what you believed. And I ask you, do you regret that?
1: No. Yeah. No, I don't regret anything I say if it's the truth. Yeah. And... and uh, which this has proven to be the truth. Like every business in the country now is look for staff. The, you know, um, and I look at and I don't begrudge. I, I had plenty of staff who availed of the three fifty a week, and I don't begrudge them at one bit, because especially students and that they uh, some some of them bought cars with it. Some of them they spent it in Ireland anyway. Whatever they did, for the most part. Um, and uh, but i didn 't think it was logical, but as I say um, unfortunately what, what what seems to have happened is and uh, you know that, that headline article wasn 't what I said, but it was taken out of context but anyway um, if you 're on three hundred and fifty a week, uh, which is nice money you 're not going to go to work really yeah. you 're not going to go back to work in, in, in a an hourly paid job at any rate so uh, look, at it. I think I've and, been proven and, uh, right since. And I think a lot of businesses around the country, especially catering and hospitality, will say they're all stripped for staff. Where have all our, our, our staff gone? And
0: and on that point, Pat, uh, if there's a shortage now of, of, of good employees, a shortage of staff, what do you think the industry needs to do to change that?
1: Well, I suppose, uh, you know, the, 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 there are quite a few coming back into I think I, I saw some article two, in excess of 250,000 people come into Ireland last year. Well, that's probably between refugees and everyone. Um, but I think, uh, you know, that, that um, unemployment is at 4%. Mm. So we will be uh, probably having more uh, foreign nationals coming into to work in this industry uh, in, in, in the foreseeable future. But I do think uh, you know you that the, the you know Irish are well known for their hospitality, etc. And and you have young people again who are getting into the business, students, etc. And indeed, uh, and I think um, you know, the, the, okay, the minimum rate has gone up, but I think we'll have to incentivize them further yeah. uh, to to try and um, uh, because the the the. Uh, what is the big changes in, in, after COVID is the work-life balance and people want to work nine to five basically so the unsociable hours aspect of it uh, is a big challenge in relation to catering generally and I think you know uh, both companies and indeed the government are going to have to come together and see what they can do to kind yeah. of overcome that um, but I do see that uh, uh, you know, there will be a lot of opportunities in that. And I can see that um, in the next few years, I think a lot of the takeaways and convenience shops and will be uh, run by non-nationals and um, it will become like England, in say, the next four to five years. We're, we're on the way to it as it is because those people from India or Pakistan or whatever that are coming in, they have a work ethic about them that they're prepared to work 10 hours a day six or seven days a week because there's a hunger, there's a desire, there's a, a want in them. yeah. And so therefore, uh, they're putting in the hours, whereas maybe uh, uh, the, the, the local Irish are, 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 are not done, going to do the same, putting in the same effort. And there's, there's probably no need to them because there's better jobs uh, and more uh, rewarding jobs there, whether it's in industry or IT or whatever uh, out there.
0: But would it not be better for the industry as a whole, if you take hospitality, if you take uh, pubs, restaurants, bars, would it not be better if it was seen as a place where people were rewarded better for what they did? Was well, that, would that not
1: be in everybody's absolutely. interest? Absolutely. That's why I say uh, <clears throat> the, the industry and, and the government have to come together and reward and them. But like you give somebody an extra five thousand a year now, they end up with two and a half thousand. Yeah. So there's no real incentive to work that bit harder or extra or whatever, because it doesn't, you don't get the reward for it. And that's the issue we're, we're we're faced with. The middle class is paying the taxes for the whole of the country, really. And unfortunately that middle class, you know, there comes a time when they can't, because with inflation and with increasing costs going up, um, you know, they can't carry the whole burden. Yeah. So. Uh, as I say, it's 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 a. I, uh, as I say, I, I'm not the person maybe to to. Uh, but there are people that are better qualified than I am to give the, the the results. But certainly, you have to incentivize staff and you have to give them rewards. But yeah. I can see certainly that um, you pay bonuses and half it, go, half it goes on, on, on back into the taxman. Let me ask
0: you about uh, the legal dispute with uh, McDonald's. Is that? Is that a PR trick on your part? Is it a marketing? What, what, <laughs> or are McDonald's really the big bad guy in
1: Europe? <laughs> well, if it's the if it is, a, it's a costly one. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, no, I, I I I believe that um, you know you stand for what you believe in, and and if somebody tries to prevent you from doing you said or whatever then you have to stand your ground and, and yeah. uh, be able to look at yourself in the mirror the next day and say, look, at, I did my best and that's it. And uh, uh, as I said, they're a big organisation. They have um, a, lot of, uh, um, a, a lot of money behind them, I suppose, for want to put it in a better way. They have a lot of knowledge, etc. But why should they be given privileges above any ordinary guy that's trying to, to, to uh, succeed as well?
0: and that, that the, the, the results of that so far have been funded by both parties i e you've paid your own costs, correct right
1: yeah, so as you say uh, it,
0: it is an expensive game then
1: well you know what legal <laughs> costs are and, and what, et etc but um and I have to hand it to the to our own team and, and that, that are involved in it that, that work in head office and I don't want to mention anyone in particular, but they did a great job and uh, that's where the the, the, the real winners come from because they know the business they know the story they know what's going on and uh, uh, they came up with some brilliant uh, ideas to, to and and, and again it, a lot of it is common sense
0: and where does this go next or where is it now or
1: it uh, probably will go to the European court after this and then that will be the, right. the final decision
0: okay so you yeah. The old dog for the hard road. Then,
1: Bobby never give up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Stay at it.
0: <laughs> okay, Pat. Can I just ask you then about uh, maybe from you say you know you're either going backwards or you're going forwards in business. When you look at at your business now, the plazas, the hotels, uh, the restaurants, the bars. Um, wh- what's your own vision now? As what your 68 are you 67 68
1: 169
0: 69, 69. <laughs> all right so as a 69 year old having had a good innings let's say uh, what are your thoughts on the business f-
1: for the next 10 years probably 10 years is a bit long from where i'm sitting at the minute i mightn't be there in 10 years let's say <laughs> there's a few there's a few biting at the heels now beginning to <laughs> good. but um, anyway uh, yeah, look, we're we're progressing nicely at the moment. Uh, it's it's an uncertain time in business. It's uh, hard to map out the future in the current climate. Uh, but we're in a better place than what I thought would be at present. And I have to say, for due to the, the government, and I don't give them too many compliments, but they I think they did a good job. Uh, and and uh, but there are many obstacles and twists and turns down down along the way. There's uncertainty a lot in, and, and there's a lot of, as I say, red tape in business. Now, we're going through a planning process at the moment and um, uh, we got planning permission for from on board Planola there a couple of months ago before Christmas. Uh, it's gone on for seven years. Uh, somebody has applied to get a judicial review on it. Uh, whether they're granted that or not, I don't know. But this this is uh, uh, this is one of the frustrating things about yeah. it. You cannot kind of plan that much ahead um but as i say, there's that, that that has historically been a, a challenge anyway for any fast food restaurant across the country uh whether it was i mean at one stage i think we had six or seven refusals of planning it across the country at different times one after the other but you have to stay going and keep going and and um uh, eventually, it'll 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 come to pass. So, look, it's 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 a, a, an interesting time in business because, as I say, of the the current situation, the war in Ukraine obviously isn't the is the help. Huge costs in relation to energy costs, like you're you're talking about here in this plaza, uh, over twelve hundred a day at the minute to pay for electricity. Um, 1200 uh, euros a day 200 euros a day yeah right um so your food costs and 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 labor costs have gone up dramatically as well in the last in the last uh, 12 months and um the availability obviously of staff is is another another challenge but you know there's there, there, there is going to be there's still opportunity out there like i mean thanks to god Covid seems to be um under control let's put it at, at, at the minute and that means that travel etc and uh, opportunities to travel is is is, is happening again and um, again uh, you know what contributes to I suppose lack of labour so many people are going to Australia or going to Canada or going to America mm-hmm. or whatever so the plans I suppose for the next is to continue where we're going we, we, we intend to open some more restaurants and hopefully we'll get three or four more open this year uh, and if opportunity comes up in the hotel business as well uh, we'd see that we'd Okay. Be able to... um,
0: I just wanted to go back because we're here in Kiltala, as you say, but just about your relationship with your home county of Galway, uh, the GAA. You've been a great supporter of Galway uh, GAA, not only GAA but rugby and other sports as well. But uh, the importance of, I suppose, that link between supporting local teams, uh, you know, in their quest for an All Ireland or whatever it is and the parallel of, you know, a lot of your customers being Galway people or... Uh, so what, what, when you talk about sponsorship and, you know, giving back uh, uh, as somebody who's been very central to, to Galway GA and supporting it, was it a good investment or has it been a good investment?
1: We're nearly 30 years now in it, so it must have been a good investment. or I wouldn't have said at it. Um, yeah, it, it um, certainly was, and it's, it's it's still a good investment. And there was turbulence along the way as well, as I say. And, and um, but I think you know, I think we're now at a stage where we're moving forward, and I think there's there's a, a much more transparent operation uh, and i think that means a lot to both the 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 um, followers and the players and the management etc i am quite happy with the latest deal we've done uh, do, you, do do you
0: really, do you want to know the minute of where your money is going when you
1: when you support i don't need to know everything i don't need to know everything but it was very obvious for quite a while there that you know yeah and uh, you know, Galway G had a lot of support uh, over the years and did very well. Like I mean, okay, unfortunately we didn't have maybe the the civil war to show it in in the year, but everything to win anything and to be successful as, as anything, everybody needs to be on the same page. So whether that's obviously that the management, the team, the county board, the sponsor, the supporters, and everybody. Needs to be on the same page and aiming for the same goal, and I think um, you know we've 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 got to a good place now, and uh, I'm hopeful we'll see uh, we we'll see the results.
0: Just a few more questions, Pat. Um, any regrets along the way? Any uh, looking back over all your years? Is there anything you would have done differently? Is there anything you'd change?
1: Of course, look at uh, of course you have regrets. There's some you know there's the but the, the the good decisions far outweigh um let's say the the poor decisions the biggest one i suppose was going into america into the pub business at 5000 miles away and uh not having kind of a direct hands on approach yeah. in it uh and it was hard enough to run a visit <laughs> 5 miles away then 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 the one of 5000 so yeah that was Sometimes one Sometimes you have to learn the
0: hard way yeah, don't you
1: and, and look <clears throat> There's a there's, there's a silver cloud, I wouldn't be in the um, in in the plaza business if I hadn't done that because when I was driving in America from whatever Chicago up to Minneapolis, and you pull into these uh, motor services areas, and 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 uh, you see what's kind of going on, um, that was a learning exercise. And I said, so when the motorways started to be built in Ireland, I said, these are going to need. Uh, facilities like this, and um, and I think to be honest with you, we're probably better because we're newer and we're, we're we've better offerings than than what they have in in both England and America. So um, I think now it's a situation where you have people from from the UK coming over here to see what what's happening in Ireland to learn from them, uh, which which is uh, a, which is great and, and unusual. There's there's always uh, an opportunity. Yeah. And even though it didn't work out in the pub business in America, I, I got that idea out there and that's working out pretty well here.
0: What do you do with your, your earnings, your money, other than invest? Do you, do you have a house on the island, the superjet? You're, you're, you, you come across as a very yeah, modest the heli- man. The
1: helicopter is parked out here, yeah.
0: But, but <laughs> just, just talk to me about the psychology behind that in other words, you're, you, I think you've lived in the same area, the same house same for many house, yeah. years. Yeah. You don't buy new cars, you're, 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 you know, you're not a flash person. And I'm, I, I, I'm just, the psychology behind that, do you, do you feel that you know, you know, your wealth, you, that you shouldn't really, I suppose, be any way ostentatious about your wealth? Or is it that you just don't want any of those things?
1: I live a very ordinary life. <laughs> yeah. I don't need anything different from what I have. As long as, uh, you know, uh, as long as, as as I say that that's, uh, people around me, whether that's family or whatever, um, that I enjoy their company, etc. That's, that's all it takes.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting. So Pat, uh, Supermax, and again, you've, you're a man who's been very close to the menu over the years. Do you eat Supermax? I have to ask you first. And what's your favorite dish?
1: Um, currently, well, I do eat Supermax because, um, as I say, as you can see, uh, <laughs> um, it's uh, but I do like it, actually. And um, I suppose the chicken tender meal is, is my favorite at the minute. But that kind of fluctuates between um, the chicken breast sandwich and the five ounce. Uh, so it's whatever I'm kind of in the mood for on the time of the day it is. Um, uh, so yeah, and obviously pizza is, is is the evening time occasional one as well.
0: And are you still fairly close to the innovation around food in, in the business, as in new products, uh, new health initiatives, whatever it is? Are you? Are you? Would you be involved in the in the, yeah. in, the in the development of food yeah. concepts still?
1: Absolutely, I'd, I'd um, because you always there's always going to be change. And you're always trying to improve It's constant improvement. And people's tastes have changed a good bit and they've become Irish people have become more adventurous in the last number of years um, in relation to taste and because they travel abroad, et cetera. Uh, So um, you you have to be aware of what's happening on the street and um, what people are looking for. And, you know, there's so much kind of good quality food available in supermarkets or wherever else, you have to be slightly different and better. And that's really the challenge.
0: Can I ask you, just finally, uh, who is your legend of leadership? Somebody who's inspired you, be it somebody uh, from your own personal life or somebody even that you don't even know, but some leader that has inspired you.
1: I suppose from a business perspective, I certainly admire Warren Buffett very down to guy, still lives in the same house as he did. Buy <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> second-hand cars.
1: <laughs> and, um, yeah, so he certainly uh, epitomises what I think is successful in business. Um, he's, 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 he's very down-to-earth. Uh, if you listen to uh, what he says, um, it's full of common sense. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of the businesses he buys, uh, it's the same management that run them. But they run them even better under his uh, guidance, uh, so that, that he's definitely one. If it was probably from uh, religious point of view, I would see the pope, the current pope, as a great leader. I think he's he's a difficult task, and um, you know he's out in Africa at the moment. On on uh, and the poor the poor man is 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 very. On in years, and is very is you know he's very uh, uh, un unwilling to be able to do that. But it's the willpower yeah. uh, that that drives him on, and um, in a very difficult position and us as well.
0: And finally, could I then ask you about advice you'd give to your younger self? Uh, maybe not to be messing with feuds boards in Balnyslo at two a.m. in the morning, or uh, maybe something deeper than that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think it's important to be true to yourself, to have the willpower to stay going when everything else has fallen around you and um, to never, ever give up.
0: Right. Well, Pat McDonagh uh, from Supermax. Uh, thank you for welcoming us here uh, to the Galway Plaza, to uh, Kilthulla, your homeland and we've had a great conversation and I've really enjoyed it so thanks for making the time to talk to us today
1: Thanks yourself Bobby and delighted to have you here Great Life and Leadership with Bobby Kerr A News Talk Original
0: Brought to you by Amundi An asset manager working today for all our tomorrows